0: Just one more.
1: Southern Rock Podcast, a southern storm a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues,
2: soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian
3: Jones and Jason Johannes.
4: Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. With me always is Jason. What's going on, man?
2: I am doing well. I'm feeling much better these days. A little bit of lingering congestion and cough, but I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
4: Good, good uh can you see a tesla here in about a week
0: oh
2: looking forward man. to that
4: yes I ha- dude i have not seen them on their own show since 2010 i think 2010 or 2011 yeah. something like that i've seen them That's open gonna be great open some shows um so definitely looking forward to that you know remember
2: blues- that set list because i want to know what they're playing
4: okay yeah for sure yeah and then uh blues fest is coming here towards the end of the month so uh, Walter
2: Trout are we still going to try to talk to yeah him yeah I, I'll
4: be able to talk to him and then yeah. uh, we'll be able to talk to him a little later in August mm-hmm. for a little while so but uh you reminded me of the I think a big topic for us here on this intro is that uh is the 50th anniversary or the 51st anniversary,
2: 51st anniversary of live at the Fillmore East
4: and sure. it's an iconic iconic record everybody mentions that I mean, talk about, you know, I always say, like, you know, the, you know, the seeds for Southern Rock were planted when Dwayne Allman played on the sessions with Wilson Pickett and Muscle Mm -hmm. Shoals. But I mean, those guys, you know, they laid the foundation for everybody else, even Skinner. So that's 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 just just a huge thing.
2: Absolutely. So July 6th, 1971 is when that uh, was released. And it's just amazing. It's still one of the better sounding live albums ever recorded in my opinion and that was recorded 51 years ago i would love to read or talk to somebody about the recording process and the mixing and mastering and how they really got it to sound mm-hmm. so time like even even now this right band, yep. it just sounds really good yeah
1: man. yeah and uh, I know, you got a favorite
2: track off that album brian
4: <sighs> you know to me i gotta listen to the whole thing you know all the way through <laughs>
2: I mean, there's a 23-minute version of Weapon Post on there. It's pretty crazy. Right. right.
4: Well, um, you know what Mike said, Hot Planet too. Yeah, Hotline is
2: good. I, I'm a Statesboro blues guy that's on there that kicks off. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite, too. And that's one of the shortest, if not the shortest, track on the album, even.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um,
2: but it's great, dude. It is, it's It's just this amazing-sounding record. And all things blues and Southern rock, that incorporates both of those things in the Allman Brothers band. That's why we love them.
4: Yeah, and you know, hey, they're 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 probably the best. You know, I think they are the best example of combining those two styles. Well, you know, they basically created southern rock from their take on the they blues. Did.
2: They did, and they they do probably pay homage to the blues, homage to the blues better than any of the southern rock bands. You know, more than Skinner or anybody that you're mm-hmm. going to name. They actually played the blues on on their songs like there's actual blues yep. songs. So yep. I agree with you. I think they're they're the band that incorporates the Southern Rock and the Blues better than anybody.
4: Because you know, so much of the slide guitar is so much of the Southern Rock sound and, and Dwayne Allman, you know, I mean, you know, of course Elmer James is before him and others, but I mean, I think he, yep. you know, Dwayne really made it kind of popular and made it more in mainstream rock yeah.
2: music for sure, you know, incorporating it from those blues players and stuff into the mainstream rock and then he said the southern rock band started picking up on it more rock bands started picking up on it and Dwayne was so well loved that eric clapton just absolutely had to have him play on that layla album
4: right on yeah so you guys are hearing us on the 15th so we're actually recording on the 6th so um as of today on the 6th it is the 51st anniversary so
2: that is correct it is correct and this is great because this subject as you'll hear ties Really into our guest today, Brian, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I was just gonna—it's uh, mention the segue, but yeah, we uh, returning guest uh, across the pond from the UK, uh, Brighton uh, is Mike Ross, and he's got Mike. an Almanesque uh, record coming out here soon.
2: Yeah, Peach Jam. It's uh, six tracks, five tracks, all five tracks, four instrumental, one has vocals, and in his, he's paying tribute to really that Eat a Peach era allman brothers and you you're going to hear a lot of crazy guitar work good good musicianship when you hear that album and mike is one of our favorite people to talk to just a good dude knows how to carry a conversation is just a crazy good musician that everybody loves brian
4: Mm -hmm. for sure and i I can't wait to hear you know the guitar interplay you know that uh that those guys have for us
2: yeah absolutely like anybody that likes southern rock allman brothers band and just guitar music uh peach jam that's going to be your thing check it out it gets released to streaming platforms on july 26th, which also happens you'll hear to it. be mike's birthday uh physical copies are available now on his website
4: yeah and of course you know we've talked about so many different things in, the, in this this episode and some culture things and some streaming things and you know all sorts of stuff a lot of gear talk for guitar players you guys gonna love this so you guys kick back relax and uh, enjoy our conversation with mike ross guest segment of the podcast, Jason's going to tell you guys who we have with us today.
2: Well, as always, it's my pleasure to introduce the guest. It is one of our favorite guests from across the pond, a uh, dude we haven't spoken to in a while, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. It's Mike Ross. How you doing, Mike?
3: Hello, guys. Yeah, I'm doing well. All the better for seeing your happy, smiling face. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, we're always happy talking to you because you have the good stories. Well, I'm glad you think so.
4: I so see you're there in your studio there. I am, yeah. I'm in the Tone Can at the
3: bottom of my garden. Um, working, <laughs> always working Wait on a minute, something. You call down it down tone here. Can? Is
2: that the official name of the studio?
3: Tone Can Studio, yeah. Yeah. The 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 original planned location for this studio, which didn't happen, is in a a place across town here in Brighton. Uh and it's a kind of a shared artistic space that used to be a canning factory where they used to they used to can seafood, I think, actually so canning street the canning building the tone can was all that and i had it all together and then the 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 proposal fell through so i it's now just in the shed at the bottom of my garden
2: so you are by the water because before we got on mike was telling us he just had a caught up with a friend close to the beach so you're like on the water
3: uh yeah well i like that south and directly two miles south of here is the brighton beach so the pier is down there and, and the lanes and things so yeah it's it's a really short hop down there for me is it warm is it warm where you are right now yeah yeah it's maybe i'm going to tell you because you are going to do you, math in my
2: head to convert this aren't you
3: that no that's why i'm that's why i'm looking at <laughs> it up, cause you're talking to, to the think,
2: u.s people you know we're not good at this stuff yeah
3: it's 22 degrees here right now but that's cold uh, (laughs) Brian yeah no it's like six mid 60s now you know Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe 70 72 degrees in the day so it's it's like the best now that it will be really
2: we've had wouldn't uh, have like the North Sea button up to where you are like what's the body of water
3: uh well the North Sea is the north of the country so what where I am here is the uh is on the channel on the english channel okay we're we're directly south of london and um france is you know like 25 miles away from here something like that oh geez it's a little further away here if you go along the coast a little towards folkestone or dover um then it it Certainly in Folkestone, you can see the lights of the French coast on a clear night. It's just like looking across the county of Sussex or something. So, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're right down here on the bottom. The North Sea uh, is like further up. Yeah, the the northeast coast and and into Scotland.
2: And then that's on that's on the east and on the west. It's the Atlantic. Okay, so where are you? Where's your home base? Where is the Tin Can Studio?
3: It's uh, it's in Brighton. So, and, Brighton. and it's in yeah, and it's the city of Brighton. And I live, I live right at the very top of the city, the north end of the city, and then the beach is directly south of me.
2: Okay, I'm gonna look this up so I know, geographically <laughs> speaking, generally where you are located because I'm just throwing out stuff. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, if you find a map, you find London, and then follow it directly down in a straight line. Go right down.
2: That's where.
0: Brighton okay. Is. <laughs>
2: But you're not here to talk about geography. Although, thank nope. you for helping us Yanks understand a little bit. Well, you know, I'm always
3: happy to do
0: a bit of
2: cultural or <laughs> You know, we are completely uneducated about anything outside our coast, for the and sometimes even within our coast. So, thank you. You're welcome. So, why, why, Brian? Why do we have Mike on here? He's got a brand new album that's out, right? Just a week or two old
4: have done a lot since we last talked to you. This is like your second record since yeah. What's since going then. on? Like wh- single, Why are you single. On here, <laughs> tell us what's up. Well, <laughs> you can tell how record. prepared we are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's cool.
3: So the well, the record I was really keen to talk to you guys about is is uh, it comes out on the twenty sixth of July, which okay. is my birthday. It's an odd, it's a Tuesday, Ooh. I think, so it's an odd day for a record to come out. They usually come out on a Friday but um the record is called peach jam and uh if you are a fan of southern rock and uh, and uh then then you probably
2: have figured out the allman brothers connection with that title mm-hmm. um well some of your artwork uh, is very similar to the eat of peach
3: yeah well i mean the, the i didn't want any doubt <laughs> in anybody's yeah, mind yeah. if you look at this record you're gonna know what to expect you know i i my recorded output as a solo artist has been varied. you know it's a, mm. there's an album i made in nashville that's like crosby stills and nash there's something else which is much heavier There's there's a there's a record of, of solo acoustic blues that i put out last year um the thread that runs through all of that for me and always has since i was a teenager is the allman brothers band which which right. is no surprise to a lot of americans but they they're not that well known here you know being really? a teenager growing up in the northeast of england so that's like 354 so they're miles. not
2: a, one of the american bands that you guys really picked up on huh
3: well no they 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 they, they toured here maybe twice you know they, 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 the the yeah. first time they were due to tour they canceled the tour because duane died um right you know, okay Dwayne. Or or maybe it was when Barry Oakley died, but you know, it was like really early, and then they just didn't ever come. Uh, I saw them on, I think, their first uh, proper tour. They'd maybe come to do one off shows, but I saw them on the first proper tour of the UK that they did in 1991. So, you know, was was Ward
2: Haynes playing with them at that point, Mike?
3: So that was Warren (laughs) Dickey uh Woody was playing bass as well um Mm -hmm. uh, you know so there's the original drummers and Greg uh and Dickie and then those guys yeah you know so I went to see that I didn't really know what I was letting myself in for when I went we went to see them in Manchester and my my friend's dad was an Almond Brothers fan but I guess maybe it was different in in the early 70s if you were into like you know uh popular rock of the day or something i don't know but certainly my experience was as a teenager i didn't know anybody that had heard of the Ullman brothers they'd heard of Dwayne olman because he played guitar on layla right, and right. um and maybe they'd heard of greg because he was married to share you know that but that was kind of the extent so um but when i first encountered that band it was like ah oh, this is where it is i like the stones and i like you know the cream and I like loads of other Mm -hmm. comparable music but but the 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 way that the almonds kind of hung it all together and and then the jamming thing just the power of it you know has always been hugely influential to me so you'll hear uh, splashes of it in in every record that I've done and certainly live you hear the influence I think if you knew what you were listening for but it's only really in the last maybe six or seven years since my career has kind of rebuilt itself around being solo and 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 thanks to thanks to facebook and and social media Mm -hmm. and connecting people across the world uh that that i've met now met quite a few people that like the almond brothers and i never really expected to do anything that was like overtly in the style of although i'm always referencing it in my work but you know the lockdown the 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 pandemic I didn't really have anything else to do you know and and as we were joking before we started recording like I I couldn't go anywhere for two years except down here (laughs) into my studio at the bottom of the garden and occasionally you know go out and, and do a little bit of tracking or something so I had written these instrumentals parts of instrumentals but I just kind of pulled them together So the peach anyway i'm probably getting ahead of myself the peach jam record is five tracks four of which are instrumental and um, right and
2: which i've heard because you've shared it with me even including the artwork and that's why i was confused is it out yet or not
3: yeah well i mean i've been sending out the press copies since maybe late may and um the vinyl is shipping now so i have the vinyl in stock
2: is it shipping and, to the uh, States? Can we get it to the States or just? Yeah, is it, yeah, I shipped, okay. I've
3: shipped copies to the, I ship anywhere you want. Um, okay. I shipped them to Australia last week, you know. <laughs> um, I, I'll happily <laughs> ship it anyway. So um, I, I guess I'm kind of getting the things a little bit muddled up, but I had decided to do this project, which is overtly Allman Brothers, partly because I was, people were referencing it in, in music of mine that they'd heard. And partly just because I really, really wanted to do it and I had nothing else to do because I can't really get back on the road how in a way that I want to because we're still dealing with the aftermath of the of the pandemic and the ongoing sure. omni shambles of Brexit as well, which is
2: making it really difficult. Well, now your Boris Johnson's a bit of trouble. He may be gone by the end of the week, it looks like. He's in trouble every day, that guy. <laughs> he's 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 your version of trump i think yeah they'll 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 have to kind of prize him out
3: of that 10 downing street with the crowbar man he's Mm. he's he's going nowhere unless they're you know they they're talking about changing you know they change the rules like like the constitution you know they have to change the rules about how many times you can vote him uh you know no confidence (laughs) yeah he must have some really good dirt on some really important people for him you know to be in but anyway, i digress so um so I put this peach jam thing together and 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 it's it's been really well received you know people are really really getting some great reviews and and you know it's a departure for me in that generally my guitar playing is is a little mm-hmm. bit more connected to the song, so maybe you, you know this like peach jam there's just fifteen minutes. Of, of music there the one track probably 10 minutes of that is me soloing in one way or another you know so so it's quite it's quite self-indulgent from that perspective that's why i chose to put it out on my birthday really it's like
2: it's just like a big birthday present to myself nice well this is good too because your your episode is going to come out on the 15th so it's just a little bit more than a week away from the release mm-hmm. and your birthday okay great well it's all it's all coming together lovely perfect it's like our birthday present to you great (laughs) i then i'm really grateful for it
4: (laughs) so did you were you planning on having it be mostly instrumental or did that just sort of happen or well
3: um this yes i mean i i went into the studio with darren my drummer um uh for a few days last like just over a year it was actually march last year when we when we did the basic recording for it, and at the same time i track we tracked maybe another 15 or 18 songs so when i go in the studio i've usually because i have this facility at home i make really comprehensive demos and, and i kind of know what i want so when we go in the big place to mic the drums up which is i only really need to record drums elsewhere nowadays so i usually have like quite a uh, a full few days of recording so we recorded um all of the songs for an album called origin story which i did which was a crowdfunded thing just re-recorded mm-hmm. old songs of mine from the 90s um and then we recorded uh about half of what will be my next album of original songs that that record will come out next year that's called third eye open um and then we recorded the the track the or this peach jam which is made up of like five small tracks and then another piece called galadriel as well so we did those, but then I recorded them and, and then we, then they just sat here on the hard drive for like six months because I was working on the Origin Story record. So when I got Origin Story recorded and handed it over to be mixed, that's when I brought Peach Jam out and then I did that and then I finished that and now I'm, start, now I'm working on Third Eye Open. So it's like I did a load of prep and then I'm just kind of coming back to them when I have the mm-hmm. time but it was always going to be an album of inst- predominantly instrumentals. There's one song with lyrics on there, but it it worked out being two electric instrumentals with drums and then two acoustic instrumental, which is just uh, guitars and slight guitars and percussion.
2: So you said you're recording the, the drums, obviously separate, probably, you know, a different studio just because the sound, So when you were doing this album with the instrumentals and everything, did you have the drums track first or were you guys just playing like guitars and stuff to like a click track or something?
3: Um, Well, I have, I mean, I do use a click track sometimes because it makes it very easy for for editing, you know, like Mm -hmm. if if I'm, so I like to be able to have options going on. Um, But no, so the basic tracks were recorded in the room with guitar, bass and drums
2: for Peach Jam. Okay, okay. Because so say that'd be hard as hell to try to do an instrumental and in pieces like that
3: well um yeah i mean i you know i'm pretty experienced nowadays in this, nowadays in the studios so i've made most of my albums at home the top lines for which everything except drums since clover's one so that's maybe four or five records now um so if you've got your act together you know and and i have i'm these days i make really comprehensive demos as i say so i kind of know how fast it's going to be i know how long it's going to be um and then so you can project how how you're going to do it you know but but feel is a really important part of it so having darren in the room and 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 kind of mm-hmm. darren and i work really really well together we've been playing music for for over a decade together so you know we we can we can we can we can work together like that and then i'll just bring it back and embellish so it was a bit of a challenge to give it like a natural feel despite more than half of it being played by me like but it's two guitar parts and a keyboard part, some other bits and pieces so but you know that's i guess i'm just good at it right
2: (laughs) yeah well you're a good musician and you know how to record so yeah you know when you're doing these extended musical or instrumentals like do you have like do you give everybody like a chord sheet do you have the times like how do you i guess how do you figure that out for the studio for all all the stuff that people are doing when you don't have lyrics you know you don't sort of have some of those cues
3: well peach jam is you know it, it's maybe f- it's it there's like a uh a, ref- a figure like what I call the head which it comes back to three yeah. times maybe yeah and the first time is the longest time and then it goes away to another piece and then it comes back for a bit and it goes away from for another time and then it comes back at the end as a reprise of it so those parts are kind of we just play through that like a jazz yeah. piece you know okay um and then the rest of it would be 64 bars of um a solo hit, for example um and then I would like for parts of it I was doing the solo live working on the feel of the band and then when I brought it back here I'd just be filling in with the rhythm guitar underneath or filling in on the organ underneath or both um and then just kind of working with what and, and embellishing what we had I mean ideally you know, I take a band into a rehearsal room for three weeks and we get it all nailed and then I take it in the studio and do it like that, but I don't have the budget and I don't have the players. So this is this is just a way that I've developed of working based around what I've got.
4: So you talked about how, like, you have this, you know, you've got these songs all nailed out, um, but even as you go along, you know, is there still improvisation in there towards the later stages
3: yes i mean the solos are not written the 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 length of the solo is kind of uh is worked out in advance like i say it was 64 bars or however long it is you know mm-hmm. three times round the round the changes well, i don't know um but and then we'll meet there's bits where there's kind of extended harmony guitar sections so it would be you know we'll play the head and then it'll break down and then it'll go to that bit and then it's 16 bars of that and then eight bars of that and then 16 bars da, da, da. we'll go around to there and then we'll play the harmony figure and then it'll repeat and then it'll be the next solo so it's kind of it's not um it's not notation it's not the notes aren't all written but the bar lengths are, are agreed you know the, the section lengths are agreed
2: so you know how much time you have to fulfill everything you're just figuring out what to put in that yeah exactly
3: and yeah. and okay. again you know I, thanks to the demos that i would made i had a good idea of, of the kind of things that i wanted to do but i mean i i often sit and i was tracking for another song the other day and uh, and from a different project but um what i had intended to play and what i was able to play or, or what i ended up playing were two very different things and sometimes i'm i can i'm a bit like well where's this coming from this wasn't what <laughs> what i had planned you know because there's something around the you know hearing the drums working with the bass and the organs in and then and then that i kind of rely on that natural inspiration to come out that's a big part of what i do you know the planning is just to get me in the place where I can experience that natural, you know, inspiration in the moment. Really, I'm not. I'm not a composer in the sense of like maybe Mozart, where he could tell you where every note needed to be. You
1: mm-hmm. can't. When
3: you have an orchestra that size, you can't improvise. But when you're doing it line by line, um, and and you're deliberately trying to foster a particular kind of feel, then it's easier than it sounds with a bit of practice. You know
2: very cool so what gear were you using to record on this album like what guitars were you doing what kind of amps you're running through um mostly mostly this guitar wait a minute is that a dan electro behind you is that what i see right behind you yeah it's dan down, or down oh, there yeah look at
3: that um, it's a recent dan electro uh i have it in a like a nashville tuning Do you know nashville tuning where it's it's like the uh the high strings from a 12 string um so you, you I can use it for tracking behind
2: yeah you know.
3: i don't own an, an electric 12-string guitar so i play a six-string guitar and then i play that underneath it and then it comes out
2: sounding like a That makes sense. i know a lot of people like to do alternate tunings on dan electrodes that's kind of yeah
3: well that is just happened to be that uh i mean i have
2: a, i'm lucky to have quite a few guitars
3: that one <laughs> has a nice chime to it and yeah. um and it suits it suits that because it's like um you probably can't hear it but it's in it's it has all of these high strings on and then it's also in a in a tuning zone.
2: yeah you've got like a middle eastern sound right off the bat
3: yeah because they're all tuned to either e or b yeah
2: it's so a steven oh still yeah 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 oh.
3: nice so it's really if you want to get pads behind something
2: to give it a different feel right now pick the, it looks yeah. like you had a gold top les paul there yeah well this
3: one this is actually something that i got for for using on stage oh it's, oh, a it's got a big on there Look yeah at that. Big, yeah well i i use big i I use a bit of tremolo you know and so on yeah. my stage i have two les paul's like well called stage guitars so this is a cheap guitar it's one of their tribute models it's inexpensive oh, i've
2: got part. one of those yeah but, yeah, yeah.
3: I had changed the I changed the only things that's left from the factory are the, the
2: body and the toggle switch. And I put the new jazz. pickups in and I put uh, Seymour Duncan Pearly Gates in. It sounds
0: great. Yeah,
3: well, this has antiquities, uh, you know, similar. Oh, nice. I, yeah. And it really, actually, the, it's the pickups that kind of make it because they really do have an authentic, uh, like, 50s tone. So I built yeah. this guitar just to take on the road, but it's actually it's the Peach Jam guitar because nice. all, all of the guitar parts on peach jam were, were done with this i mean i have some old you know uh, vintage guitars that, that i often use um and i have a nice custom shop uh reissue 1960 less porn. i have a 335 and things like that and, and i do use them and they're all over lots of the recordings but it just happened to be this one
2: really sing sings out so what did but, you do to that besides putting the bigsby Did you change the nut it looks like you changed the tuners i changed the tuners out on mine
3: yeah i changed everything so the tuners are out i put
2: a uh all new pots a, in 50 star wiring
3: harness with yeah. about caps in the yeah. bridges out because it had a um nashville bridge on it and i put the abr mm-hmm. one
0: on Then mm-hmm. they sound
3: different so
2: yeah the whole, the everything you can do I mean the body build is solid like it's it's not built poorly at all
3: no and I mean like I say I have a I have an original early 1970s Les Paul in the house that I've owned since I was a kid uh that's that I use a lot um mm-hmm. and it sounds different but I wouldn't say that guitar sounds poorer and has I have mm-hmm. this custom shop a 90s custom pre pre-custom shop ro which uh which you know they're they're like that guitar new is probably about an eight thousand dollar guitar you know and um uh and and it is on peach jam album it's on the track i used it on galadriel but mostly because i felt guilty because i have this expensive (laughs) guitar that i didn't use on his track but and i can hear the difference one of them's not poorer but this one that just sounds more almond brothers it just has that the ro sounds a little bit more kind of jimmy page you know it has Mm -hmm. a bit more aggressiveness to it whereas that i'm able to really get it to sing and and um the amplifier which i used all the way through is uh uh, sold i have soldano uh i have a couple Mm -hmm. of soldanos i have a a head uh, and a combo and i used the head all the way through peach jam it has i have a, a a nice they're I have the, i'm configured as a vocal room because i'm tracking vocals at the moment so you can't see any more stuff is behind that curtain but uh i have a a, a marshall 50 head which has been um modified to be the same spec as dwayne almonds oh. uh, marshall 1986 is the model so it's a leading bass 50 head so i have that and and it does sound great um but because it's a vintage style one it has to be super super loud and then it and with that volume it's a little inconsistent for recording um Mm -hmm. the soldano i mean which is also a 30 year old amplifier now you know despite being a a modern um um it's capable of giving me uh, every bit as good of a sound but just it's a little bit more consistent i can switch it off and go and come back and switch it back in and it sounds the same you know whereas the marshall it doesn't always do that
0: Huh. so that's the that's very cool yeah the there's,
3: there's no there no effects on on the Peach Jam album um that is just very guitar amp. guitar yeah there's one track um the the track with vocals on the record which is don't say you love me which is a free song from the fire and water album the guitar on that is my 335 actually and that was recorded into my leslie speaker so um I, but just, just there's no other effects on it. It's just a just a preamp for that, and then and mm-hmm. then in. So it's a pretty straightforward tonal record compared to say my Clovis Limit Two album, which has mm-hmm. v- 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 a large number of different guitars and amps and effects and you know techniques mm-hmm. on it. Peach Jam was about really Peach Jam is about capturing the the sound of the almonds at the Fillmore
2: really that's well kind of it's so funny you said that mike so we're recording today is july 6th mm-hmm. it's actually the 51st anniversary to the day of the live at the Fillmore east album recording
4: wow oh, july 6th nice. seventy
2: one. Yeah. yeah fantastic i mean you know it preordained right <laughs> preordained it would I mean it was written in the stars to have this conversation today and it's with this album it's like nice. it's meant to be yeah
3: yeah oh thank you for pointing that out i shall i shall reflect on that more later (laughs) i have um the i have such good i mean that record's been around you know my my whole kind of adult life and um ever since the first day i bought my first copy of it i must have owned a few different copies of it over the years i thought, well i'm gonna take this home and learn all the solos (laughs) yeah right <laughs> sure and, and i still haven't learned all the solos you know there's still this i can listen to it now and and still think oh god how's he doing that
4: uh i think it's really fascinating how you're working on you work on two different things and you'll stop one and go back to the other does that ever like change the continuity or you know the tone or the vibe you know coming you know make you know doing one project and then putting that down is it because you get to that point where you've done what you can there and then you got to get back to this other one or how's that i mean work? When it,
0: well
3: when it comes to the recordings i try and work with one project at once so when we went in the studio because it's a it's an undertaking to go in to record mm-hmm. drums you know so i usually go for three days and then on those three days we recorded the basic tracks for three albums. And, and so it was one, one day, one, the other, one, the other.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then apart from bringing them home here and, and listening and just seeing what we got. So I did the tracking for Origin Story, Peach Jam, and then Third Eye Open, although I didn't have that title when I was doing the basic tracks. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cross them. It, I, it would be too confusing. I, mm-hmm. I have occasionally worked on things like that and um and it's like my life's complicated enough man (laughs) (laughs) so um so when i was doing origin story i'm just doing origin story in those 12 songs but then and at the end i'm thinking i like to have something to move forward to you know so i'm playing the guitars on 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 tracks from origin story playing the keys whatever and in the back of my mind i'm thinking oh this is great because when i get to the end of this then i can do the really fun one which is the the peach jam stuff? I was really mm. looking forward to not the the origin story wasn't fun, but but the the sheer abandon and and and, and let's face it, indulgence of these of these tracks is you know it, it excites me. But I had finished that all recording. I kind of did that in September, September mm. October last year, mm. and then um, one or two things that that came later. So. Some of the organ playing on, on the Peach Jam track is done by a friend of mine, Rob Minnis, and, and he lives in London. So he, he was working on those remotely and sending me the files in. And then there's a piano solo from uh, from uh, Matt Slocum, who is... Uh, he's, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So he's playing with he's played with Rich. He was in Rich Robinson's solo right? That's where we met, yeah. So we yeah. met uh, when he was on the road in the UK when I was working with Rich. And then he was in Magpie Salute, obviously. Yep. but he yep. also worked. He just did some shows with with Derek Damn, Trump. You got him. He's he's like he's legit, man. Yeah, man. He's a he's a he's a really brother. He's like a brother from another mother. You know, he and I get on really really well. Um, we don't speak too often because he's often on the road. He's played yeah. Red Rocks with Railroad Earth or something like that. But he he took some time and he played the the on the Peach Jam song. There's a Rhodes piano in the final section. And he played that solo. And, you, and if you know him, you can tell because it's that. So, you know, so these tra- these were the last pieces to come in because I'd done all my stuff. And then, so come January, the album's recorded. Then it goes off to be manufactured. That takes, now it takes six, five, six months, you know. So I did that. And then and then I started working on the Third Eye Open stuff. And now actually touring a bit in March and April. So I wasn't in the studio at all. Mm -hmm. um so it's more like it's it's discontinuous in that i don't track an album mix an album release an album do the pr on an album i i kind of have to jump back between say at the moment tracking for third eye open and doing pr for peach jam so Mm -hmm. it is a little bit like this because (laughs) i have to remember what i'm doing but (laughs) but um but nobody's making me do it you know i'm making myself do it so i have to find a way of doing it that's okay Mm -hmm. do i like it it's good man it's good to have stuff to do and what a gift to be able to create music and to have people listen to it you know what kind
4: of what kind kind of vibe is third eye open taken
2: um you psychedelic, dude! I mean, you can't be third eye open without being kind of a little psychedelic. Yeah,
3: third eye open. My my third eye open. There you go. Um, right,
2: you got the yeah, the right in your hand.
3: Well, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, this industry is a funny industry because on the one hand you've got people like yourselves who are Uber fans and want to support the musicians, um, and and then on the other hand you've got really cynical. You know, uh, business people who, who are just interested in numbers and um, and then you've got a record buying public who can be really hard to market to, you know, because they just want more of the same, which is why ACDC mm-hmm. and Guns N' Roses and uh, Aerosmith and I don't know, whoever um, continue to take all of the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because Fighters and yeah, yeah, all those, yeah, it's yeah, yeah,
2: select few, yeah, select few. Yeah.
3: You know, so, but I get that, you know, we like, I like mass market things. I like, you know, the best of the, you know, like I don't know, stranger things or, or whatever, you know, like, I like things that are, that are meant for mass consumption, but I like things that maybe stranger things is an example, because it's so full of somebody's absolute geek out on a mm-hmm. specific era uh that it appeals to the geek in me but it's mass market enough and it's introducing people to think anyway you know so the idea of a third eye open is is to be the end to take an enlightened view on on the industry you know and and to maybe think about you know i'm uncompromising when it comes to the quality of my recordings i make the best recordings that i can and and i I tell the truth and, and i i um I strive to convey an authentic representation of myself in my music and in my uh, lyrics and in the performance and in the mixing and in the artwork and in the way that I present when I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you or anybody else for that matter. It's really important for me to be authentic, but, but sometimes that is um, sometimes people don't want authentic. Sometimes people want a bit of theater. They want, they don't want to be reminded that we're all the same they want they want they want they want a dream you know so it's about having that third eye open is is the idea of like I see that and so maybe I'll create some music that that supports other people's uh intentions around how to consume music I don't know but but third eye it, it is about enlightenment but it's not necessarily about making an album of like Gregorian chants or Indian. <laughs> Trans- <laughs> you know it's probably
2: enlightenment though at this point in the, the yeah world needs- you know
3: it's yeah and 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 i will say that the lyrics for this record and the feel is heavier it's definitely heavier yeah. there's some of it which um which is places that i haven't been before you know i'm a, I'm a huge I, my first love was A C D C and and they're still in my top five you know the, the, let's face it some of the lyrical content of those songs hasn't aged well you know it's juvenile and it's remained to <laughs> be juvenile you know? yeah, but it was but it was
2: supposed to be juvenile every song is about sex yeah Everyone.
3: yeah pretty much yeah and not the right not, not necessarily a message you want to convey today however I but I love it and I want to find a way of using that template to express myself so you know yeah. the, the song third eye open. Um, I don't mind telling you, although it's I kinda of haven't told anybody else yet. So the the riff is like if if you had ACDC covering a Black Sabbath song. Sounds like ACDC. Ooh. Riff is kind of Black Sabbath-y in that it's a bit of bit so doomy. Darker, it, you know, yeah. darker. Um and the lyric is it's kind of like uh Bonscott humor with Aussie intention but instead of it being around you know juvenile sex or misogyny Mm -hmm. or whatever the the lyrical content is is all about uh well i guess it's protesting at at, at people that call people woke you know so Mm -hmm. i
2: don't describe myself like that's a terrible thing is like hey i understand the plight of people that aren't me like that's an insult (laughs) yeah i know i know exactly but, <laughs> right. but you
3: see any steps that you take into that if somebody's so far down the 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 rabbit hole into that then anything yeah. that you say to them is just supporting their worldview because they just can't right. hear you you know we're in this world we're in this world of opposites now where the left doesn't hear the right and vice versa you know right you're mad or idiots yeah you know the people who are who who who, who, the the maga people. Let's face it, you know, or my all the populists here, the Boris Johnson supporters or whatever. They're not interested in anything else, and and neither are the left.
2: Yep. you know, the, the Guardian here in the UK. What's well, the extremes, right? When you're an extreme, yeah. doesn't matter which yeah. direction. You don't and not Believe anything. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so i so I'm striving to challenge that a little bit by writing a song about basically about the right of people to have sex with whoever they want. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> the but the juxtaposition is that I'm doing it while striving to put across the character of Bon Scott or Rossi Osborne so that so it's like a little in joke for myself really because my third yeah. eye is open and I know what I want to say but if I can use a an established mechanism
2: to kind of sneak it under the radar of the uh of somebody then so be it you know but that can be like a heightened awareness and just different playing with people too. If they're that comfortable with themselves, man, woman, whatever to be like, you know what I mean? Like that's, I get where you're going.
3: Yeah, absolutely. With that. It's like, you know, we don't, why you, you can, you don't need to be ignorant today. You, you, you know, ignorance is a choice because the world is, you know, we all have access to all of the right our fingertips. Of, yeah, exactly. The sum total of human knowledge, stretching back over you know what I don't know 6000 words 6000 years of recorded human history is available via that phone you just waved in the mm-hmm. air you know yeah. um, and and both sides of the equation you know so so get to a point where you can argue for and against and make your own decisions and that's enlightenment really it's it's, it's like using some framework to inform your decisions in a more uh, you know, congruent way
4: out it. And this is such a good space of a conversation that Jason, before he came on, Mike and I were talking that, you know, my strong feelings are music is the one place where those, you know, polar opposite sides can come in and find similarities, you know, yeah. music, you know, that's, that's something that's so sure. important. So any, any way you guys want to like, uh, enlighten on the that or, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't preach, you know, I don't mm-hmm. preach. And, and, and I respect that people's di- opinions can differ. You know, I I was on tour just in the Czech Republic. So um, former Soviet controlled state, you know, really suffered under the hands of the Soviets. They took everything of value that, that they possibly could. you know. Um, and there are still pro-Soviet people in that country, but not so many um but most of them are under no illusions about not Soviet. i guess russian right it's not soviet anymore There are still pro-russian people in that country um and i had a conversation with somebody at a, at a venue you know um i took i took this guitar with me this telecaster but i i put a blue pick guard on it so that it was the it was oh, the color. yeah ukrainian black
2: yeah
3: yeah and um and i you know and i and i spoke my piece about how i felt about that which opened a few conversations up some 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 of which were a bit uncomfortable to be honest you know and somebody a little bit like you know your 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 maga guys where they're the alternate facts you know alternate facts the first (laughs) the, the first casualty of war is truth yeah 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 yeah, I totally get it and there's always another story and there's definitely a a rhetoric which supports you know uh the you know the the distraction of a war is good for business and all this and I said I totally get all of that but I'm not cool with indiscriminately murdering civilians I totally get how you you there is a political comment and the political is most of this but there you can see them doing it on the tv this is the difference is it's happening right now they are killing children you know that is not okay with me so you know i'm i'm a bit more open with expressing this
2: than maybe i was four or five years ago because what's crazy now with social media is like people you can like you can see everything right there's no hiding anything like people can post stuff it's there should be no doubt
3: and I think that that is probably why it's such a big problem because now you know for me it's like again I was saying to Brian before it's like you know there's no hiding this is this stuff this kind of stuff's always gone on of course because mm-hmm. the,
0: now we because just see the it.
3: landowners think that we are just useless and that they control everything you know that's the truth you know the people that have the power have the you know, that's always been going on, but we couldn't, we didn't used to be able to beam it into our smartphones 24 mm-hmm. know,
2: seven. So. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So I want to get back around a couple of couple yep. things that you sure. made some comments are. So let's start with, well, one that, that uh, third eye open album sounds amazing. I can't wait to hear it. Like I think we need a little bit of levity and like fun back in rock music i think that's where we lost the plot a little bit in the 90s and 2000s where mm-hmm. we've taken the fun so i do appreciate what you're doing can't wait to hear it um if you do like the bond scott era acdc and just like southern rocks mixed together that shirt Brian's wearing for a band called goodbye june mm-hmm. check them out their new album um see where the night goes is amazing and that'll remind you i, th- I think of bon that, scott era.
3: i think i have that in my library actually i'm pretty sure is it the guy with check the it game? out yeah good. i'm just gonna look
2: now they're all it's a, yeah. they're all wearing white it looks like it looks like the buyer side are the crows yeah. and even That's the right. covers white yeah, yeah i yeah, have a yeah that
3: is yeah it's good it's um i remember enjoying it i don't remember listening to it much but i do remember it's a friend of mine up in scotland He he recommended it to me yeah
2: oh for sure cool. i think i think you'll dig it if you spend a little time with it and then mm-hmm. going back to stranger things so we're stranger things fans couple comments on that <laughs> so we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna sidetrack a little bit mm-hmm. one i think the nostalgia stuff is amazing because the duffer brothers aren't weren't even alive i don't think during the 80s or maybe towards the tail end For but them to bring all the references and the reverence back to the 80s is amazing to me and like mm-hmm. i mean do you find that like it's actually like legitimate and, like nostalgia and like you don't get a, a feeling it's fake uh
3: yeah i do i mean i watch it my my son is is uh, nearly 13. he's 12. Yeah. um and he watched uh this one i mean maybe it's a bit old for him but but he's he's my son so he he's been exposed <laughs> he to swearing <laughs> and late nights and, and then, you know, a lot of swearing and
2: monsters and whatever
3: yeah, well he's been on a tour with me a bit you know oh, um man. but so he's 12 my stepdaughter is 11 my stepson is 16. so you know like What what year is it up to? Is the is the last season's been
2: nineteen eighty five? I think it's it's I think it's like eighty five or eighty six. It's somewhere getting towards the latter half of the decade. So you know, in 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 in
3: I was twelve in nineteen eighty six. So I'm like the same age as my kids are when they're watching it now, and I'm like, this is what it was. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up in Indiana. I grew up in in northeast of England, but I grew up watching ET and I grew up watching all the other Spielberg movies and and just you know just dreaming of a world Mm -hmm. where they had access to all of those toys and those great body warmers you know and all
0: like
3: so certainly the music and the attitudes and things is certainly what I remember from my exposure to American culture via TV and music at that time i mean my life wasn't much like that because i lived in a in a mining village in the northeast of england and in 1984 there was that was at the tail end of a, a a big long series of strikes here in the uk by miners the unions were on strike trying to get better conditions and and at the end of all of that the mines all closed so it was a very different world for me there was no like shiny uh, people drinking tab and and Dr Pepper, <laughs> driving around in Ford Broncos, you know, wearing wearing nice polyester um, clothes and things. That wasn't my experience at all, but um, but it certainly felt like a.
2: Those like guys a get it though for it not being that. alive. Like they're in, they like they get it, which is interesting yeah. to me.
3: I think so. I think so. It's less romanticized than some of the other. For stuff. sure that I've seen
2: you know yeah no um, definitely and, it,
3: and it's interesting it, there's parallels you know because it seems to be that um that film or, or TV or certainly subscription TV like Netflix or whatever there seems to be a big demand and a big acceptance of these um pastiches or, or, or tributes I don't know what you'd mm-hmm. call it for this kind of stuff it less so in, with music um, but I think that what I do is I do that. I do convey and the the feeling of a 1971 record, not just with Peach Jam, but with other stuff, you know. Sure. And it's be yeah. and, and it's and I and I do it through the instrumentation and the arrangement and the production values and the songwriting to so an extent. But maybe I'll talk about a more modern theme. I use themes that you wouldn't hear in a rock song in 1971. Um, but it is a i guess maybe it's a fashion for this era i don't know i don't know where it comes from but i but I, I anything that is they strive for such authenticity even though it's after the time you have to i have to respect it you know you, for because sure of, because of the the amount of hard work has gone into it
4: so i i know i know that's a show like i I'm, I'm you know i'm way behind on you know, uh, this streaming thing and watching a lot of stuff that, that's popular and stuff. But I know the one thing that I saw, I've been seeing lately is the, you know, they play music from that time. Cause I'm hearing seeing all the stuff mm-hmm. about the master of puppets.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. that that was the most recently they have big scene with linked up with master of puppets. That's okay. right. Pivotal yeah. scene. Pivotal yeah. scene. Yeah. Okay. Well, going to go, let's go to Kate Bush. So run up the hill, right. All of a sudden it's all over the place and i saw a i saw a great line about that today it's like the only person that's tripled their net worth these past six months has been kate bush but that was funny
3: (laughs) yeah or maybe it's
2: just a sad time of how little money she was earning before that right i uh, I even read about it so like she owned like she owns everything to that and i think she's getting like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week when this thing was like back in popular i'm like holy shit. good good on kate
3: bush yeah great i mean it is good, and it. I think it's it's just made number one in the charts here in the UK for the first time ever. You know, thirty seven years after it was released, or something. It's amazing. yeah, it's good. It's great. Uh, you know, and like I say, I think anything that that is that much passion and that much, you know, genuine hard work has gone into that. To, uh, I I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just like that it brings back some of these artists and, and, you know, maybe younger generations, kind of like you're talking about your kids, my kids are in the Stranger Things, and to bring some of this music back that people didn't even know about, or even like people our age who maybe not have been familiar with Kate Bush or anybody else to have them, you know, go in and dive into the collection and kind of learn something.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's what I do, but I was just born a bit earlier, so my decade's like 10, 15 years before that, so... (laughs)
4: So uh, you know, we mentioned Jade earlier, like so amongst, you know, along with her and your contemporaries, I know you're very involved with your music and your projects, but when you have a moment to kind of like look around, uh who are you staying in touch with or who whose uh music are you interested in? Or, you know. Um, well, yeah, I play a bit with Jade. Jade
3: like the stone, Jade like the stone. Um so <laughs> yeah, we, you uh, got that accent now. <laughs> yeah. Um so we played i played a show playing with her on sunday in cambridgeshire festival show i played guitar for her and did some backing vocals and then i've there's an i have another two shows with her this summer so she'd been using a couple of other guitar players um as she's been building the career i've we've worked a little bit before and i said well you know i I'd, I'd love to do that if i could fit it in and i'm not so busy on the road this year because it's hard at the moment because of the just the sheer number of of bands of all levels that are on the road so i made the decision mm-hmm. to keep out of that a little bit and i was a little bit busier around kind of easter time but i don't have a lot of work the rest of the year um i have some other stuff that i'm, I'm finishing third eye open and there is a bit of playing after the summer and stuff but but not so much and really getting my um Getting my stuff together for next spring for the for the Third Eye album coming out, so it's a great time for me to do work with Jade. I was due to play some shows with uh, with uh, David Murian for um oh, if I'm Green. Green. Yeah, yeah. so that he'd asked me. Dave asked me if I would play bass for him. I, I enjoyed playing the bass. I, I love playing the bass actually. Um, and he asked me to play two shows for him, which I was really keen to do. But I've actually been suffering a little recently. I've had a some a trapped nerve in my back, and, and um, my and sciatica in my leg, and and um, so I wasn't so mobile. So I was getting, while I was unable to 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 really move around for a few weeks, I was getting really behind with the Peach Jam press, and getting further and further behind with the Third Eye Open thing. So I ended up handing that work over to a to a bass player that i uh that i work with and he so he took that on so i didn't get to do them shows unfortunately and then there's a guy called tom kilner here in the uk he's up in um in yorkshire and he's a uh he's a big marcus king fan and, and oh yeah and, you know and uh blackberry smoke fan and, and all the rest of it he's a lot younger than me he's maybe 20 years younger than me great guitar player uh great singer sings like joe cocker based in the same oh no kidding wow yeah you know he has that so he's from rotherham which is right next to sheffield which is where joe cocker was from and sheffield's right in the middle of the uk it's in it's in south yorkshire so it's kind of it's as far away from newcastle as it is from london so it's really handy location and um so I and and because his band are a great band and they, and they really they like they can play this southern stuff really well so we I send them the peach jam stuff and they learned that we played a few shows up in in the Yorkshire and in the Northeast with called the peach jam band and we were playing the peach jam stuff and then half a dozen tracks of mine half a dozen tracks of Tom's um so just low-key like bar shows you know just to give it a try see how it was because i'm looking I, i'm always looking to collaborate with people who who get it who
2: who, who yeah get it, well seafoam green think. seems like a slam dunk i mean yeah Jane obviously is
3: yeah well though i mean that's probably enough now I know jack hutchinson who's uh who was in rhr band with me um uh when we worked together quite a lot a few years ago he's coming down in a couple of weeks to help me do some backing vocals um he just to fill out the harmonies for third eye open so he's going to come down bring a guitar so uh we're talking about doing a little bit of stuff again maybe next year you know so i yeah i like i said i've said it a bunch i like to be busy i like to keep busy um and there isn't really enough work for me to have a full-time career doing what what i'm doing because you can't work all the time you know you have Mm -hmm. to have to kind of pass it out so if i can do a bit under my name and a bit for jade and a bit with jack and a bit with tom and then maybe something with dave in the future as well then then that's probably equal to like a full-time career for me as a musician you know which is what i want to do ultimately.
2: Well, you're a well-known entity and well-respected right you have all these artists that want to work with you too so that i mean that should make you feel good
3: well i guess kind of i mean you know i don't feel well known when when i'm still trying to promote my records, get pure giant you know. Um I guess I'm a a you know, I'm just one of very many, but but in this kind of southern roots, rock, whatever it is, niche that we're in, it's not a huge scene here in the UK. So if you're doing it and you're visible at all, then you tend to get a bit of recognition and and we do tend to you know we we tend to come together but just by dint of there not being many of us around
2: so I mean, what's what's popular in the uk right now in terms of music though like what's really the the mainstream i have no idea i've never like known. pop music r&b like kind of like it is in the states or
3: yeah i mean there seems to be a lot of i don't like honestly i don't know because i'm just so far removed from sure i hear that from what's popular I, I hear there's a there's a lot of like uk rap london rap drill music i don't I do not even know man. I mean, See, I I mean the States, Lash- we got a
2: lot of good young rock bands, man, but like media, radio, like nobody wants to play that stuff. It's really hard. And that's kind of what Brian and I help do is promote mm-hmm. some of these guys because there's a Whoa. lot of good music. Well, I mean,
3: you know, those bands are here and working. Robert John and the Wreck and and, and Danny yeah. and Honey are out here. Goodbye June have mm-hmm. been touring. Mm-hmm. Rival Sons, um, Blackberry
2: you know, Smokes getting out there. Yeah.
3: yeah, Blackberry Smoke are doing pretty well here. You know, for that scene, there is a scene. I guess it, it feels like I don't know because it, uh, but but, but it's know. not the
2: mainstream though. It's not like with no. the general public. I don't so think it will be the mainstream again. You know, I
3: think it's it's like well, it's like rockabilly, isn't it? It's like there's still people that like it, and it still has stuff to say. But it's but I don't think it'll ever hold round into like, you know, uh, into popular mainstream. You might get the occasional crossover artists. I mean, you know, is, I, I, you mentioned Dave Grohl before. You know, are the Foo Fighters mainstream? But they still sell out festivals. They still mm-hmm. sell a lot of records. You know, so I don't know whether if being in the mainstream is necessarily a good thing but if we can have a sustainable um scene of, of bands that that are, you know that are bringing people to the shows then then that's really all
2: i can strive for you know so are you taking um peach jam on the road or is it strictly just recorded stuff and you then that's it no, we
3: did these. We did these three. Ended up being only three shows with Tom. We booked more, but th- there's a lot of cancellations at the moment. There's a lot of uncertainty in the live scene. You know, there's there's a lot of people not turning up for shows or buying tickets and not showing up or just not buying tickets and venues cancelling because people are waiting till late to decide. Whether Is it like ready. COVID
2: related or just economic? Think it's a,
3: yeah. Well, it's a bit of both. You know, I mean, so I'll give you an example. So when I was
2: like fuel prices in the UK now mm-hmm. it's um wait a minute you guys have fuel inflation prices I thought that was only in the US no no, no. <laughs> but
3: it, how much is it how much is a gallon of
2: gas now in the town in the right. outside of Columbus Ohio is 455 a gallon
4: yeah and, it's around about that yeah here yeah.
2: so um
3: I, I'd have to do the numbers and you're but, by a liter
2: right you guys sell by liter yeah.
3: So it's, it's two pounds a liter. So that's would be, um,
2: so I know, I mean, liters a gallon. it's more like, it's it getting eight? on for
3: seven bucks a four, gallon. Four? Okay. Like All right. So, it's, you know, it, okay. it's, it's oh, disgrace. It's, it's unbelievable now. And it's not getting any worse. It's not getting any better. What that's meant right. is that, you know, like if you have a, a tour bus, maybe gets oh, 25 yes. miles to the gallon.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's,
3: you know i sold my my i had a small like a van you know um mm-hmm. uh, i sold it because i just couldn't afford
0: it man I just
1: yeah
3: on the road i wasn't working enough shows and i get twice as many fuel miles from my from my kind of station wagon than mm-hmm. i do from my van um and and everybody's in that boat but i tell you man the fees of the shows are not going up i'm getting paid the same money i was getting 5 years ago at, at that level um whereas everything else is is out stock. so you know i hear that from people coming to the shows as well i saw it when i was in the czech republic last time i was there i sold a lot of merch sold a lot of t-shirts sold a lot of other bits and pieces as well as cds and vinyl this time Mm -hmm. i did just as well on vinyl and cds I didn't sell any i saw one shirt and none of the (laughs) other accessories and i think what people are doing is they're just prioritizing what they can buy well, for sure i mean groceries cost more if
2: you costs cost, them more, them. cost them, more yeah
3: yeah so you know this i don't think we're out of the woods with that so that the knock-on effect of that is that i was just unable to finance putting together a run of shows um the fees just don't, just don't bear it out you know so it's because it's so it's just kind of it's like a vinyl package 150 vinyl and it's a nice package i you know it has a clear vinyl and it has some extra has accessories with it as well stickers and Mm backstage passes and and things like that 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 kind of comes with it to to plump it out but really it was it's it's like probably what what i would turn the last of the lockdown releases of mine um and it was really just it's just to kind of market within the fan base maybe make a few more friends on the jam band scene but there isn't really a jam band scene here in the uk you know so It's more just it's I wouldn't say a vanity project, but it's but it's just a nice thing to keep me busy until until Third Eye Open comes out.
2: I'm excited by that. I I can't that description of that album is just makes me makes me excited. And I do like Peach Jam because you shared your files with me a couple of weeks ago. I got to listen through some of those and see some of the artwork, too. So I'm I'm digging that as well.
4: So, Jason, are we going to do a lightning round or are we going to wrap up? What do you want to do?
2: I think, Mike, you want to do
4: a couple of quick, fun questions with us?
2: Yeah, man. All right. Let's do it. I got I got a handful of questions for you. Simple, easy stuff. We're going to do rapid fire. All right. So Almond Brothers Band, this is the anniversary of Live at Fillmore East. What's your favorite track off the album? Uh,
3: I always thought Hotlanta was was my Ooh, favorite track. From that. Really? Mm-hmm because it has serious. it all yeah, going you know, on but asking. it's short you know it's like it has the jam it has the drum solo it's really intense but it's quite quick
2: <laughs> yep that's true and they even like statesboro blue kicks blues kicks it off and it's even a short like non jammy version of that's right to yeah. it yeah and you know what the recording quality of that album is amazing 1971 yeah. catching like it sounds still really good to the state yeah man all right summertime ice cream favorite flavor
3: uh i don't know maybe strawberry feels like a strawberry
2: day maybe different on different days strawberry today (laughs) strawberry is a solid choice you can't go wrong with like some of the
4: classics
2: (laughs) what are the last three songs or artists that you've listened to or streamed um
3: uh i listen to there's an english folk uh band called the unthanks and they are from the northeast of england northumbria and they sing in the Northeast accent, which is how I spoke when I was a kid. You know, I don't speak yeah. so much like that now. I live in the South. So I was listening to some of their stuff recently. And prior to that, I don't know. So I'm having a look. Um, oh, Led Zeppelin. I was listening to Led Zeppelin this morning. Um,
2: the first what were you listening tracks. to from Led Zeppelin? Anything particular?
3: I was listening to, and it was actually for a mix reference for, for a track from Third Eye Open. I had this... Uh, this uh, so i was listening to achilles last stand and wow. then for your life so the first two tracks of presence for there's presence, something yeah, about yeah. the way the
0: guitars
3: stacked up there achilles was, last
2: stand is amazing yeah
3: i just wanted to amazing. hear what jimmy did with to how he'd stacked some of those up because there's a track on mine called i swear which is the opener from third eye open and i, and I just had this i just wanted to see, see how it sat against that and then the latter before that is george harrison um i was listening to the living in the material world by george
2: Harrison. oh nice wow good choice well i don't know about unthankful but i can i can vouch for the other two
3: <laughs> well all right. george, that that um the, the living in the material world is a wonderful record it doesn't get much mentioned now people all talk about all things must pass but i think I yep. prefer, um, that's, that's a
2: solid choice man i think i'll probably agree with you on it. To be honest with you it's definitely low-key great album hmm, it is yeah all right we're gonna say with led zeppelin then uh favorite led zeppelin album
0: um i might say
3: in the west actually how the west was Won." i beg oh their
2: live stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know,
3: okay that's some Would really you... powerful stuff i guess it's because i've heard it the least you know so it's one of the one of the later ones so it stands out a bit more because the other stuff i've just done to death really
2: the stuff that's tough with listening to live Led Zeppelin is the album Jimmy Page layers in so much than you were just talking about. So many, so many guitars and layers and all the sort of fun into that, or even with John Paul Jones playing the keys and the bass. Like when you hear him live, they don't have all those additional music. So you get, it gets a little bit of thin, but I do love listening to Page play guitar live though.
3: Mm. No, I think it's good. It's really interesting hearing the live iteration of it and and actually how powerful it remains despite being more stripped back.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, give us your top three Led Zeppelin songs right now. <laughs> uh, I know subject to change, but.
3: The, uh, well, okay. The Rover. Um, for Your Life, definitely. Um, oh, man. Uh,
1: You're what going is deep into the well be? here. Especially what for is it for your life. It never be? Yeah. That's a good
2: one. Yeah, that's the a Rover. classic one. I like The Rover. No, since I've been loving you or anything like that
3: i'm like not nope. that much of a mainstream guy you know you can probably tell <laughs> i like the deep cuts man
2: no fool in the rain carousel of hot dog um hey hey what can i do traveling riverside blues no i think i'm comfortable with my choices <laughs> all right what all is right. And well, what should get, ever yeah.
3: be i keep we keep we keep kind of trying that out to put it in my life set you know and yeah and 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 it always sounds great and then it just gets to the second verse when the vocal goes up and i'm like nah man we need a separate singer i can sing it but i can't play it at the same time i i'm get i'm pretty good at that not as good as like paul mccartney if you see him playing them beatles bass lines and singing out and i'm i'm pretty good at detaching the mouth from the fingers but I still He's haven't. been doing that sixty years, though. It's like he doesn't have to think about it to do it. Anymore. Yeah, but if you look a video of him doing it in nineteen sixty four, he was still great <laughs> at it then,
2: though. You know, that's that's true. That's true. All right. Do you read comic books?
3: No, although my son and I are avid fans of the MCU, so we watch all of the. You know, these days there's tons of it on
2: Disney. So we, we tons of it. it what, what's the best streaming MCU series?
3: We, I really enjoyed Loki. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good series. um, um And I, now, uh, WandaVision, yeah, Wanda Vision, Moon Knight, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Moon Falcon Knight. I and thought Winter was Soldier. cool. His, his English accent was atrocious, though, so <laughs> it hurt my teeth. You, you weren't know. buying it. <laughs> get an English guy. You know, um, no, so not Moonlight. Uh, I enjoyed. I did enjoy Wonder Vision, I, and I totally get how it was slow for the first three episodes, but it, but it still means it's not quite my favorite one. But Loki, I really, really enjoyed. Um, I thought that's really, you know, the 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 whole thing about the metaverse or the whatever mm-hmm. they call it. The I Baltimore. think I
2: think you're right. It was very original. It tied a lot of stuff together like loki worked as a a focus character Mm -hmm. for a series because you never know how no he's always been a side character never the star of a film right Mm -hmm. and you never know how that's going to work and like so i'm going to bring this into the star wars thing you know watching all the star wars series is i did not care much for uh the book of boba fett boba fett works as a side character but not as a focus character Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think it maybe would have worked if you had somebody that could act to uh to play the role of Bob <laughs> he didn't doesn't have a lot of charisma and like that series team, picked up a... <laughs> how could somebody be
3: digested over many years by the sarlacc and come out like considerably bigger you know uh, yeah oh, that's swelling sort of... no. <laughs> swelling from all the digestive
2: juices i don't know uh,
3: i only enjoyed the episodes that the mandalorian was in
2: about... that's what i was going to say is like it picked up and that to me shows hey Guy works as a side character, not a focus, but it's not great to drive a story around him.
3: It didn't really work. It was a bit silly, wasn't it? And to be honest, I, um, I'm kind of on the point of bailing with the Star Wars thing because um, they just consistently screw it up. It's like, you know, they <laughs> stop undermining everything through just be, trying to please everybody, you know?
2: don't destroy the foundations that were laid in the late 70s uh, and the I mean, 80s the, yeah
3: well I mean I get it you know you have to I, but I see the MCU and I see how well written that is and I think well you could do that with Star Wars it's not that hard you just have to have the vision don't introduce Princess Leia to Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi as a child and then not expect to piss off millions of people Whose first experience of was seeing the thing with the, the, the right. with, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you know, how about you set
2: a, a story not on Tatooine for once in a while? Yeah. How about you it's do like, that? You know. Oh wait
3: a minute! I'm Darth Vader, but I never thought to go to my old home planet <laughs> to find to...
2: my children and my.
0: Wait a minute! I have living men.
2: relatives. Maybe they know something. You think? <laughs>
4: I think yeah. I'm lucky because I only saw like, well, besides the original three, I only saw like the first one of the next three, and then I saw the last one where Han Solo dies. But I haven't seen any of this other stuff. So. The prequel
2: is not great. I think you can <laughs> yeah. say, you know, oh, well, I...
3: yeah. The most the most powerful Jedi ever turns into a Dark Lord and then loses all his powers when there's a fire. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know I, I to which i hear a voice in the back of my head going "Buddy, it's for children yeah you know so i don't want to i don't want to overcook it
2: what i will say though is i think the mandalorian worked really well because you had a non-established character use non-established you built stuff around that you didn't bring old stuff back into it mm-hmm. so much and i thought that was kind yeah. of cool
0: yeah
3: i think so and i think it was the same was could be said for rogue one which i thought was an excellent
2: film excellent
3: Uh, and and the solo prequel i really enjoyed because i did too you know because you're not messing with the canon you you know you you're giving people stories that they want to know not messing with established characters
2: yeah i think you could do a solo series like prequel to see him just be a smuggler and just, uh, you know, just, just over, I think that would be cool. I think you could do yeah, that.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the. I read a lot of the books probably in excess of 20 years ago, you know, and there's a lot of great stories there that could be told that they're just not telling in favor of ruining
2: our understanding <laughs> the timeline. Yeah, there is a lot of good. And like, I think you say things with a lot of comic book movies, too. Hey, there's been a lot of really cool stories written. You don't need to like jack stuff up and create something new. You can take one of those conceptual stories and really flush it out on the screen.
3: Well, you know it's just big money at the end of the day isn't it it's like what we were saying about dc and, and axel and them on the road is is it's safe money uh, in in the tens of millions of dollars so
2: yep know, don't really give money a shit talks man we think yeah that's why we're doing a- all right so we'll get off the, the geek stock for a second. We'll do a couple more quick questions. I can talk about all this stuff. We we're falling down a see. big, crevice there. So Brian's I have, <laughs> I have lots of opinions, and I'm glad when people agree with my opinions. No, well, we're, we're of a similar mind, I think. In that yes, respect. well, I'm, exactly. All right, What's one piece of gear that you want to get that you don't have yet? I kind of have it all, man. Uh, look at uh, you I'm, I'm, really there's not like some like crazy like expensive guitar ramp or something that you really want i would like a
3: a proper 50 watt small box like pre-1970 marshall you know uh, uh, the plexi um a jtm 50 or a 1986 or something like that i think i I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, but but not not for using just to just to pop up on top of there you know to look good but but i'm really lucky I, okay a, a b3 hammond i would like a b3 Hammond or okay no, yeah. i don't have one of those i have a i have some other bits and pieces but maybe a b3 will be cool that's a good choice on that i like that but i'm lucky man as i said i you know i worked selling guitars for years and years and years and i made good trades and i have a bunch of pedals and
2: and guitars and things like that you know so a guitarist that's satisfied with his gear is that even possible like this is a weird i'm concept not saying that i'm satisfied <laughs> but
3: but i have all of the main you know like i have good you, you got
2: what you like need. i don't
3: really really play stratocasters but i have a lot of nice gibson guitars and acoustics and you know i'm good yeah i mean you know you got me thinking now maybe a nice martin d28 would be cool or a or a, or, a, or a smaller model like a like a, a hD uh not a HD but the um yeah like a double o mark the pre-war something yeah. like that but again I don't I'm not really desperate I'm not really jonesing for one of those if I was well, I'd
2: if you probably... had fu money like you've got it would it would everyone what would be fun to buy the b3 I think is a great choice yeah b3 I'd like a b3 and and yeah
3: you know like some old Fenders like a, a 50s Stratocaster, maybe you know, would be cool, but it's you know, they're like 30,000 bucks, man. So,
2: now oh, is that it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, send my kid one of my kids to college right now, and it's like, yeah. hey, it's tuition. You can go, it's I can right, buy a guitar I, and go to school. A choice. I have these,
3: I have reasonable expectations, and I have nice guitars that I can do everything that I want. With the guitars I already own. The B three, I can't I can't really make that sound. So that would be that let's stick with the B three.
2: And that's that is such a that is such a classic sound of rock music too, that B three. You know what I mean? Like that's just it's part of all this a lot of great history. Yeah, definitely. All right, my last question is recommend a good streaming series for me and Brian. Have you watched The Boys? Oh yeah, of course. Season finales Friday this week is it Yeah Yeah uh, the
3: boys I enjoy it Have you What about the Expanse You watch the Expanse
2: I have not seen the Expanse
3: There you go There's lots of it as well So I've just handed you like seven or so seasons of great sci-fi So uh, is that
2: on Which What streaming service is that on the Amazon Netflix? Amazon
3: Here in the it UK I, I guess it'd be the same there I Although, think so. Maybe I think it used to be on netflix so maybe you'll find some of the seasons on netflix and then it moved okay. to amazon or vice versa one or the other the what's the general plot what's the fine. story well it's it's kind of near future maybe 200 years in the future so it's not so sci-fi that the, uh, i've lost touch uh there's a there's a earth there's mars and there's the belt and it's kind of a political Thing, but it's a sci-fi thing, and the and the it's hard sci-fi, so the engines work mostly as per our understanding of them. There is some kind of super fast drive thing, but but generally the orbital mechanics and and the the kind of science of of the of the battles in space and things are all as per our current sort of scientific understanding. So they're really gritty. Um, they do have things that. That, that are modern, but it's great. It's like a, it starts off as kind of a detective story, you know, mm. um, and then it develops more into kind of a political intrigue. But great okay. characters. It's a series of books, like there's maybe eight or nine books, and, and they've kind of amalgamated, but it's good. It's really, really good.
2: I'll check it out. That's I think awesome. you and I have a lot of the same tastes and opinions, so I'll definitely. It probably it a takes a
3: little while to warm up, like you know, uh, you need to you need to give it a try. But but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's there's some really good stuff in there. Yeah,
2: I mean, and I do love the boys, man. That what a crazy series that oh, is. This last series, though, man. You
3: know, I, it, it, I've had to, I've watched it, kind of watched it like this. You know, it's like <laughs> who, whose dicks going to blow up next, or you know, or or who's oh my God, there's some there's some disgusting stuff, but. Yeah, it, it, I I enjoy it because it's it's not often that that you get really your boundaries stretched, you
2: know. Well, and uh the lead in that is a British actor, right? Anthony Starr. He's a Brit- he's a Brit. He's he's not British now, and he's another one of those that 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 could try harder
3: with the accent, actually, because he's um I think he's from New Zealand.
2: Um, oh, I'm, I'm talking about Homelander, not um, not. Oh, the
3: okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, he is
2: English. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the other guy, uh, is is he's, he's either key. Urban, right? The guy in these yeah. Bones and Star Trek, and he was uh, um, uh, Judge Dredd. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was in.
3: uh He's in the um, Thor movies as well, isn't he? Yes. Um, yeah. But he's—I think he's—he's he's either Australian or Kiwi, and he—he and he doesn't do a—doesn't
2: do a particularly good London accent. But you know, well, he's so, trying to do so. that like that like lower class like Dougie accent. Yeah, he's you?
3: Cockney, like, uh, Cockney, like a like a gangster Cockney gangster, like a guy yeah.
2: Ritchie kind of thing. But he's, yeah, he's, yeah, there you go.
3: He's not very good at it, but so be it. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you what,
2: though, Anthony Starr is an amazing villain. Like, just creeps you out, and like, just you never know what's going to happen with him. Yeah, exactly. Like the
3: the milk in the cow. The other
0: day, <laughs>
3: just is he going to
2: kill somebody? What's he going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's his his dad showed up now, didn't they, sir? So, to... mm, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. They're they're doing a little departure from the comic. I read some of the comics, so it's you know I'm interesting to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know the comics, but yeah, but this has been good and preacher, you know, I really enjoy preacher if you like the comic book kind of thing that i, really I never enjoy. read the comic i that was on for a couple of years, i think over here on basic cable maybe
3: mm-hmm. it's good it's yeah. another one of those that's it's not you know it's not dissimilar to the boys in in some of the things where the you know the um uh yes yeah, some of the things that happen to one of the main kind of bad guys is pretty. Free, you know, makes you wince a little, but it's good. I enjoyed that one.
2: Have you seen the Sex Pistols miniseries that just came out?
3: I tried to watch a little bit of it. I've never really been a fan of the Sex Pistols, man. It kind of fucked music forever, you know, punk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I
3: walk past well, it, you know. There's like down here in the lanes. It's a little bit like sort of Head Ashbury, like a miniature. It's like Head Shops and yeah. t-shirts where you can buy cool ironic t-shirts you know and 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 tattoo parlors and like stuff like that and there's a picture of um Joe Strummer from The Clash you know and on this and he said you pick a guitar you play a chord bang you've got music and then just think okay I get that but you fucking haven't by the way you know <laughs> <laughs> no uh, but it's that ethos and and the art suddenly becoming more um uh valid than proficiency and and yeah and i, and I don't agree with that and it and it kind of fucked the music that i like forever i know that by the late 70s
2: it was dreadful well turn all the mainstream rock off everybody hated like yeah. And yeah you know and and the, the, and the cocaine
3: heroin yeah. and the big tours and the you know the Fleetwood Max and the Eagles, where they got to. You know, I get it. I totally, I see why it needed to change, but um, but at the same time, it, it, it rendered people that are actually good at playing their instruments somehow inferior to oh. those that, that have this ability to kind of elevate it to art through whatever you know. So so and this <laughs> X Pistols were, the, were, I get it, but it was just a really good business proposition. You know?
2: So I've it I, is I, I, I put it on and then. Ten minutes in, I just saw. I'm a sucker for music biopics. Like I watched that. Like I'm never a Sex Pistols fan. My favorite song is the Megadeth version of Anarchy that they've done. Like I know those guys are assholes. Yeah. But what what I found really interesting about the series was how big of a player Chrissy Hine was and everything, including teaching what's the space how to play guitar and like. Just I had no clue Chrissy Hine was so that involved in so much with those guys.
3: She was quite. Yeah. I mean, my wife keeps she bought the uh, chrissy's
2: book and uh she wanted me to read it I just, I she wanted it. she wanted to be in the band i didn't she know was that. mad when they didn't put him in there yeah i mean <laughs> if it's true i mean that yeah. series is based on what the guitar players um memoirs yeah. i think mm-hmm. yeah there you go no mm-hmm. so, no well, uh, check it check it out like if you like music London. biopics yeah but, but yeah. i don't like the band but i just i just like stuff about bands and that's why mm-hmm. i watched it but that chrissy Hine thing threw me for loop i had no clue yeah i didn't know i didn't know that no, i didn't I either didn't
3: yeah i knew she was an influential person on the scene and 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 i knew the connections between where she was and then because tom petty was the only kind of american rocker that any of the punks had any time for you know they loved him and they talked to him very well part of that was because of the way that the chrissy kind of you know facilitated that context so i knew bits and pieces about it but yeah i mean yeah thanks for the recommendation i'll i'll i'll, I'll try and give it a try <laughs>
2: <laughs> but hey no characters in that whole thing are likable other than really her mm. and but everybody yeah, yeah. else is completely unlikable completely yeah. completely unlikable, except the original yeah. bass player who, who's actually an educated when, musician yeah who wrote a lot of stuff. yeah yeah well they used to make fun of him because he could
3: play so that's that's, that's exactly uh, right <laughs> and, and 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 you know i grew up with kids like that because i wasn't much old they weren't much older than me they were you know so there's there was i was first started when i started gigging there was a lot of punk bands you know and they're snotty little bastards really but (laughs) you know they just used to irritate the life out of me so i don't really want to be reminded in some aspects but but like i say if you give me a recommendation i'll endeavor to to sit it out come back to you with what i thought of it
2: well oh yeah man please do and i'll check out the expanse i think that's a solid pick i like sci-fi so i'll give i'll give her a go cool man well i hope it works out for you well i i won't be pissed at you if i don't like it how's that that's it. It sounds like a good <laughs> deal to me. you can come back on the podcast
3: no that, well that's that's the most important
2: <laughs> all right mike where do we go to <clears throat> excuse me i just got over covid for the first time where do we go to find out more about your music get order your albums know what's going on with you yeah uh
3: from the my website which is mike the links there will take you to all my socials uh some of the text on there is a little out of date but if you go through the socials and click through um and my web store is accessible from there
2: too and you do ship to the u.s you'll ship anywhere we order it yeah we'll the, it
3: yeah us. you can buy my web my web store ships there's a price for shipping worldwide you just select that at the the, I had the counter, and then I'll be dropping it off at the post
2: office the next day. Okay. Uh, Peach Jam, it comes out on the 26th, also mm-hmm. your birthday? Mm-hmm. But the vinyl shipping now, so
3: if you want a hard copy, you can get that whenever, and then if you want to wait till the streaming version comes
2: out, that's about three weeks away. Well, see, I thought it was out, and I kept looking for it, and I kept having to go back to those Google files that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why because it's not quite there yet you just had a really early glimpse yeah you were very nice enough to, to, to do that thank you very much you're welcome all right brian over to you
4: thanks mike for coming on again always a pleasure to talk to you and for the listeners that's mike ross um coming out real soon as peach jam and he's now coming out next year as third eye open mm-hmm. and so thank you again for joining us man always a pleasure thank you
3: you're welcome you're welcome
4: Thank you to Mike Ross for joining us again and and having a great conversation. It's always a pleasure to talk to Mike. Uh, He is a very diverse musician and he's working on different projects at the same time. Not necessarily at the same time, but he'll work on a chunk of one thing and then go back to, you know, the thing he was working on before and then somehow he gets it all done.
2: Yeah, well, he's an amazing musician. And like I, you know, I heard him talk in an interview is I got a chance to check out some of the stuff early. I, I hope I shared those links with you. I like it. I like the instrumental mm-hmm. stuff. It's cool. It's very much almond band almond band-ish mm-hmm. in a good way. I dig that, but when he described this new album he's got coming out next year, um third eye open, that sounds amazing too.
4: Okay. Have you heard any of that? Did you get did you No, s- oh, no, okay. no he
2: only shared the the Peach Jam stuff. So his description of it though makes me want to hear it now.
4: Yeah. It sounds like it's gonna be a really super rocking thing.
2: Yeah, and Mike's always good to talk to. He's one of those guys who can just have a conversation. It's easy to interview, and it's a nice conversation we can t- do. We talked about stuff outside music, so we're a big <laughs> fan of Mike.
4: Yeah, um, I always dig the gear talk. I, I, I'm kind of out of the loop on the streaming thing and the Star Wars <laughs> stuff, but hey, you know, it you is know, what it, it is. It just
2: shows that we have a broad variety <laughs> of topics, and, and musicians do other things other than music.
4: Mm-hmm. Right on, right. Alright man, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
0: You say you need it someone, but you just need it somewhere to stay. Time, any other time, I'd have told you to be right on your way. You say you needed a friend, but you just needed sympathy. Oh, any other time, any other time. I told you Just to let me be But I was so Gone Time, how to let you carry on fooling around? I let you into my home, and I even let you into my heart. Oh, but any other time, any other time to carry on from the very start but i was so sad